Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. And I'll tell you what, Travis did so much work before the show yesterday, compiled so much great content for us, all these great audio clips. I don't even think we used like uh, a third of them because we had uh, we had so many great phone calls that came in in the six o'clock hour. And then, of course, we had this, you know, all the all the reactions that we got from this video that went viral uh, featuring the Bozeman city manager trashing his bosses. Uh, and by bosses, I mean the city commission, <laughs> the acting mayor uh, and you, uh, you, the the, uh, the taxpayers. And so so that uh, man, that was uh, some interesting phone calls, had a great conversation with uh, Rockin' R bar owner Mike Hope in the eight o'clock hour yesterday. And then, man, we had the political news. And, and, and so so we never got to some of the other big stuff stuff like the FBI director talking about Chinese uh, cyber attacks on Capitol Hill. That's a big one. You had uh, Zuckerberg from Facebook standing up, turning around during the hearing and apologizing to families after their uh, their kids were exploited on his own platforms. I mean, we didn't even get to that one yesterday. I mean, I'm sure it came up in the Fox News radio breaks, but uh, we didn't really talk about it or play some of the extended audio what else did we have for you yesterday? All sorts of stuff. Uh, President Trump talking about this sham border deal. President Trump talking about his meeting with the Teamsters. So much that we didn't get to yesterday. We'll try to get to it today. Uh, and we got a whole bunch of fresh uh, new content for you here this morning. Uh, let's follow up, though, on a story that we've been talking about over the last couple of days. I, I had to open up with a correction yesterday, though, because two days ago I said, you know, these illegal aliens that beat up cops in New York City? They, they were already let out of jail. They were already out on bail. Uh, I had to do a correction yesterday because, no, they didn't have to pay bail. They didn't have to post bail because uh, New York City uh, is a no-bail city now. So these illegal aliens that came into this country illegally uh, and then uh, beat up two New York City police officers, a, a lieutenant and, and, a, and, an office, and a police officer, uh, no, they were just put right back out on the streets. No bail required. Put right back out on the streets. Now, apparently, the update today is that apparently some New York City Democrats are finally saying, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe we should deport those guys. You know, they didn't want to deport them when they were kicking school kids out of out of out of their classrooms. They didn't want to deport them when they were when they're beating up uh, the cops initially. But now that they were released from jail and gave two middle fingers to, to the people of New York and to the people of America, now the Democrats are thinking, well, maybe we should deport them. Maybe. But then there's a catch there. Because, okay, so the Democrats who allowed the illegals to come in in the first place, the Democrats who allowed the illegals to beat up New York City cops and then be released right back out on the streets in New York City, now they're saying, well, we should maybe we should deport just these guys at least. Maybe we'll just deport these guys at least. Here's the problem, though. Apparently, the guys flipping the bird to we, the American people, which is, you know, not just Joe Biden and John Tester flipping the bird to you and me and the American people, these illegal aliens, uh, even if they wanted to go back and rearrest them and try to deport them, uh, it's a problem. They hopped on a bus to California. California. It's like the flight of the navigator. Remember that movie from back in the, uh, what was it, the 80s or the 90s? All right, lots to talk about. Back after this. Here is your Montana news. The forecast for the upcoming fire season in the state is not promising. An El Nino weather pattern is pushing most of the precipitation to the southern half of the continental U.S. That leads west for Montana and the northwest this winter and spring, followed by a hot and dry summer.
Peter Christian with KGBO reports that the bark beetle infestation of 2008 to 15 killed half the trees in 5 million acres of national forest. Now that deadfall will be fuel for any wildfire, significantly increasing the destruction. It should be noted that this projection is for public forest land. Privately owned forest areas where the owners cleared their property of dead brush and timber will probably see less risk of fire damage. Really? Mr. Christian's source for this analysis and outlook? Dr. Peter Kolb of the University of Montana School of Forestry and the MSU Extension. That's the Montana News Minute. I'm Travis Lee. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. For today, we'll have mostly cloudy skies for Bozeman with high temperatures staying confined to the middle 40s, but partial sunshine expected for Billings with milder highs into the mid-50s. For tonight, staying dry for Billings, overnight lows to 34, but rain could mix with some snow showers late tonight for Bozeman, lows to 31. And that's a look at your real weather on Montana Talks. I'm weatherology meteorologist Michael Carroll. Hey, hey, Chicago! One of our soldiers in Afghanistan, Puerto Rican guy, he'd always say that. Uh, he's from Chicago. And, and I got to thinking, you know, after Thursday's Montana Talks, hey, hey, Friday! It's already Friday in Montana Talks time. We got a great show coming up for you Friday. I think we're going to have open phones for the full hour. Earlier this week, I mentioned this Jordan Peterson podcast about what they're doing to the farmers of Europe. Did any of you see that? I, I'd love to get your take. Open phones Friday, Montana Talks, 9 to 10 statewide. Serving the great state of Montana, from the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Lucas in Broadview. Yeah, I'm with you. Lucas in Broadview. You just got a message from him at 6.03, just about 10 minutes ago. We get this message from him on our Montana Talks app. And uh, I, I decided to play a little bit of music before we kicked off the show. So I, I was kind of trying to listen to the news update, but also just listening to some music because I've been reading news all day. But I'm assuming that there was a news update about how uh, Joe Biden is going to be uh, showing up uh, uh, today as uh, our three um, incredible American uh, service members are brought home, the three uh, Army reservists out of Georgia who were killed uh, in, in this attack uh, by Iranian proxies uh, on the Jordanian-Syrian border over the weekend. Their remains are uh, they're having a dignified uh, 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 ceremony uh, today as their remains are returned home here to America. And Joe Biden uh, is, is rightfully going to be there, right, as, as he should be. Uh, but Lucas in Broadview says this, I wonder if Joe Biden is going to be staring at his watch while they take our soldiers off the plane. Disgrace. That's what Lucas in Broadview had to say. Yeah, Lucas, yesterday in the nine o'clock hour of the show, I had heard that that a similar news update right before we kicked off our, our statewide nine o'clock hour of the show. And even though I was planning on talking about a number of other things, I couldn't help but but weigh in on that one either. And I said, I, I, my, my immediate response was, would somebody just take his watch from him? Just just take it off his wrist. Just say, uh, uh, Mr. President, uh, we, we need to put a new battery in your watch. It's solar powered. Uh, yeah, but it needs, needs a new widget. Uh, just give us your watch. We got we to gotta tinker with it. Oh, okay, here's my watch. Just take it from the guy. So he doesn't even have the temptation in the middle of this ceremony to say, oh, well, God, is it time to go yet? Can we get out of here? 
That was so disgraceful when he did that. When they, the, the, the 13 fallen from this disastrous withdrawal in Afghanistan were brought home. So disgraceful when he literally was looking down at his watch. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. Do you got other more important things to be doing right now, Joe? Is this, is this boring to you? Is this, is this annoying to you? Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, yeah, that was a message that we just got in. Yesterday, um, I had a couple other messages just come in. Where did I put them? I'll find them. Don't worry here. Uh, but there was one message that came in. Oh, yeah, here's here's a funnier one. Okay, let's lighten things up. Uh, James, uh, James, when you message us, tell us what town you're listening in. It's just always good to know where, where people are, are, are calling from or messaging us from. Um, so I'm, I'm not seeing what, what town he's in. But James sent us a message. Hey, check out former Montana governor Steve Bullock in his new acting role. He stars as a victorious Democrat president dealing with another insurrection as his right-wing opponent refuses to concede. Sound familiar? Predictive programming from the left ahead of what may be a rematch of 2020. Yeah, I, actually, so it's funny, James. I saw that story at the... Uh, uh, I saw that story at uh, while we were at the SHOT Show. I, you know, I, I, I had this news alert and it said, uh, yeah, former Democrat Governor Steve Bullock, who couldn't even break 1% as a Democrat presidential candidate in 2020, gets to play one in a Sundance film, festival film. And uh, John Jackson and I were actually joking about it off air. I said, hey, John, check this Adam Schiff out. And uh, yeah, we were, John will tell you, you know, next time he's in, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll joke about it. I thought we would have joked about it on Tuesday, but we had. So actually, so on Tuesday, uh, January 30th, I actually penned down some ideas because John and I were sitting there and I'm like, I'm like, what should this movie be called? Because you know who's working on this, this stupid war game film uh, that, that, uh, that they uh, apparently just premiered? Vinman. Remember Vinman, the guy who wore his military uniform before Congress as he took part in the coup attempt against Donald J. Trump, or you could say a successful coup against Donald Trump? By the way, Vinman is a Ukrainian-American. Um, Vinman, uh, you have blood on your hands for what you did to the people of Ukraine because Donald Trump protected the people of Ukraine. You, with your coup against Donald Trump, you ushered in this weak, foreign, this weak administration that laid out the red carpet for the for the invasion of Ukraine. So you, sir, are responsible for what has happened to your people. Now, ultimately, it's Putin and and and, and the nasty uh, Vladimir Putin, but but he bears responsibility too. But anyway, uh, Colonel Cupcake Vinman is <laughs> is one of the guys who's working on this war game film with uh, former Democrat uh, Governor Steve Bullock. Remember the guy who has as governor campaigned against so-called dark money. And then now what does he do? He runs a dark money group, a, a radical left-wing dark money group. Anyway, so so John and I, I, we, I threw out a name. I think the name I threw out, what, what would you, what, what should we actually call this movie that that Colonel Cupcake Vinman and and uh, Boy Wonder Bullock are, <laughs> are working on here? So I, I think I threw out, it's Colonel Cupcake and Dr. Shutdown, you know, uh, and then uh, it's Colonel Cupcake and Boy Wonder. It's Colonel Cupcake and Darth Money. Uh, anyway, I, I, I knew I threw out at least one of those. I can't remember which one John Jackson threw out. But, uh, yeah, we were laughing about that one off air. I know some of you are thinking, why didn't you joke about it on air right when it happened? Well, we, we were at the SHOT Show. We had so much great content that uh, we didn't have time for all of it. 
I know, four hours a day for three days in a row, 12 hours of radio coverage. Well, you take out the you know, news, weather, the egg uh, reports, everything, but and we still run out of time. Always happens. Always happens. All right. Uh, Tim and Savage sent in a great message yesterday morning. And uh, I think it was in response to a caller. Yeah, it was. There, we had a caller call in and was asked a question. Hey, did I hear right that one of these charter schools that's going to be in the public schools in Billings is going to be devoted to so-called refugees? I mean, our kids don't have enough resources in their schools, but we're going to give an entire charter school just to refugees. Uh, I'll share Tim out of Savage's message after this. Securing America. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin spoke publicly about his prostate cancer diagnosis and secret hospitalization for the first time Thursday, admitting that neither he nor the Defense Department handled the situation correctly. I should have told the president about my cancer diagnosis. I should have also told my team and the American public. Austin says procedures have now been put into place to make sure there are no further lapses in notifications. He added, I never directed anyone to keep my January hospitalization from the White House. The secretary admits his diagnosis hit him like a gut punch and that his first instinct was to keep it private, which, considering his high profile, was a mistake. The American people have a right to know if their leaders are facing health challenges that might affect their ability to perform their duties, even temporarily. And he made this pledge. You can count on me to set a better example on this issue today and for the rest of my life. Kevin Uretsky, Fox News. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. For today, we'll have mostly cloudy skies for Bozeman with high temperatures staying confined to the middle 40s, but partial sunshine expected for Billings with milder highs into the mid-50s. For tonight, staying dry for Billings, overnight lows to 34, but rain could mix with some snow showers late tonight for Bozeman, lows to 31. And that's a look at your real weather on Montana Talks. I'm weatherology meteorologist Michael Carroll. Good morning, everybody. It's time for your Daybreak Egg Report. I'm Russell Nimitz, and thanks for being with us here on the Western Egg Network. Well, each year, one of the highlights at CattleCon is the Cattle Facts Market and Weather Outlook Session. And the main storyline, again, for cattle producers and the market this year is the U.S. beef cow herd at historically low numbers. By the way... Our CattleCon coverage this year from here in Orlando, Florida, is sponsored by Ag Risk Advisors, providing risk management solutions for farmers and ranchers. Learn more at agriskadvisors.com. Well, CattleFacts Chief Executive Officer Randy Block told me that the latest USDA cattle inventory report continues to show low beef cow numbers, which he says will continue to help drive the cattle market higher. Quite frankly, we've only had one year of profitability for cow-calf producers, so we shouldn't have expected rapid expansion, but we have seen no expansion other than some regional pockets. Nationwide, it's not happening. So I think as we look at this next year, we'll start to see a little more intentional heifer retention, herd rebuilding take place. We'll have a very strong year for prices for cow-calf producers. So we'll be we'll see calf prices and feeder prices continue to push higher. So I think there will be an economic incentive to go ahead and keep a few more heifers back. He also shared with me Cattle Facts' outlook 
for calf and feeder cattle prices here in 2024. I would say around $3 on calves, $2.90 to $3 for an annual average. Uh, obviously, they're going to be stout, stout, stout going into spring grazing because there's just not enough of them out there. Uh, feeder cattle prices on an eight, eight and a half weight steer around two forty. And Kettle Facts looks for fed steer prices to average one eighty four to one eighty five, and bred females this year between twenty four hundred and three thousand dollars. Stay with us. We'll have more egg news right after this. Hi, this is Bailey Booth, fifth generation rancher, and I'd like to invite you to Booth's Cherry Creek Ranch Progress Through Performance 51st Annual Bull Sale, Thursday, February 8th, 1 o'clock at our ranch sale barn near Veteran, offering 140 performance and pap-tested fall-born registered Angus bulls. Many are recommended for heifers and sold within a cattleman's budget. Bulls can be viewed at dvauction.com. For more information, go to our website or call 534-5865 or 532-1A05. We growers of the North, it's time to push performance to answer the call of Westbred Wheat. With regionally proven varieties like WB9590 and WB9719 offering high yield potential balanced with protein content. Trust Westbred Wheat to help you get the most out of every acre. Now's the time. Boldly grow. Seize the season with Westbred Wheat. Performance may vary. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Well, veterinarians will visit Capitol Hill next week to discuss legislative priorities with lawmakers as part of the American Veterinary Medical Association's annual legislative fly-in. They say advocates will urge congressional offices to support and co-sponsor the Rural Veterinary Workforce Act. Now, the act would end federal taxation on the Veterinary Medicine Loan Repayment Program. This action, they say, would enable more veterinarians to participate in a program that offers up to $25,000 a year for student loan repayment in exchange for service in Department of Agriculture designated veterinary shortage situations. For the Western Egg Network, I'm Russell Nimitz. Talking about the issues that matter to Montana statewide. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. See, this is what happens when you guys call Senator Tester's office. Uh, no, I'm not going to discourage anybody from calling the senator's office or emailing the senator's office or writing the senator's office. But let me tell you what happens. Do do you think that when you give a phone call or an email or a letter to liberal Senator John Tester and tell him, secure the border, we need our border secured, do you think you're going to change his mind? Of course not. The guy is a lefty loon. He is the reason our southern border is wide open right now. So what happens is you call his office, you email his office, you, you write a letter to his office, they add you to their list. And then you get his little e-newsletter in your email inbox. And several of you sent this little e-newsletter to me. And you're like, what a joke. In fact, uh, Steve and Bozeman, uh, if this doesn't take the cake, how could anyone stoop this low? And it's liberal Senator John Tester. And in his newsletter, the, the, uh, the title alone says this, time to get the job done and secure our southern border. <laughs> And, and then he includes a, a Billings Gazette headline, border deal crucial. 
says Tester. Uh, no, it's not. A, a border deal is not crucial, Senator Tester, especially a border deal that would be worse than what the current law already states. All you have to do, all we have to do, Congress doesn't need to do one stinking thing to secure our southern border. Joe Biden and John Tester could secure our southern border right now by reinstating the Trump policies. So here you go. More phony garbage from the flip-flop flat top. And Stephen Bozeman, you're exactly right. Boy, if this doesn't take the cake. Uh, he's pretty good at taking the cake. All right. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Oh, yeah, the message from Tim and Savage. So so they want to dump all these uh, refugees in Bel- so-called refugees. I got to add that so-called refugees because we can't trust the vetting that's being done from this administration, especially given the people that they have, you know, the pro-Hamas terrorist uh, folks that they've had running the vetting. Uh, but Tim and Savage says this. I have questions and concerns as well about the language charter in Billings, but there are significant differences today. So a caller yesterday said, hey, so we can raise a number of questions with this proposed charter school in the Billings Public Schools being solely dedicated to refugees. They need help with language. They need help with uh, cultural issues, i.e. like how to treat women or how not to treat women. Hey, brother, this ain't Afghanistan. Um, You can't do that. Uh, You can't treat women like that. So so many folks would say, why would you even build a charter school for refugees in the first place? Don't provide the services and they won't continue to dump them here. But Tim and Savage, as as a career educator himself, makes a really good point here. We're not just dealing with Spanish-speaking so-called refugees. They're going to be dealing with dozens of languages. Uh, Anyway, there's more, and I promise I'll I'll jump right back into it in 60 seconds. I'm Giangelosi. Several people are dead after a small plane crashed into a mobile home in Florida overnight, bursting into flames. We know that that home was completely destroyed. Three more nearby damaged by the fire. Thankfully, though, we are told by the fire chief here that inside those neighboring homes, those people were able to safely escape. That's Fox's Kelly Cowan in Clearwater. It's the biggest party in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, and it is official. What this weather did not provide is a shadow or reason to hide. Glad tidings on this Groundhog Day. An early spring is on the way. Punxsutawney Phil did not see a shadow, and that means that there will be an early spring. A federal agency took a look at Phil's record last year and put his accuracy rate at about 40%. America's listening to Fox News. All right, so Tim and Savage says he has questions and concerns as well about this uh, proposed charter school in the Billings Public Schools. But there are significant differences today. Migrant students in the past almost all spoke Spanish. Billings is going to be dealing with dozens of languages. Federal immigration policy is a mess, and federal law requires that we educate all children who come to our doors. Billings came up with an innovative approach to address the issue with the bill passed by the legislature and signed by the governor. But... But uh, money is taken away from existing schools, but this is new expenditure. Oh, no money is taken away from existing schools, but this is new expenditures from the state general fund. But again, you know, I think I mean, that's a good point to make here about, you know, no money is taken away from existing schools. But but in school district two in Billings, as, as, as Tim would, would probably agree and also tell us, 
they do not have the resources. They don't have enough security. Uh, remember, they had this big security audit, and they've had a lot of problems with security in the Billings schools, especially in the midst of this gang violence activity going on right now, drug overdoses, kids being sent to the hospital, uh, you know, uh, uh, a group of kids beating up a kid, uh, you know, all, all sorts of uh, shortfalls in the security in the schools. And so and, and they don't have enough school nurses for all of the schools. So the, the school district to uh, uh, schools and billings are not being resourced the way they should be resourced. I would say that they're under resourced, but we know that school district two has a lot of money. Uh, it's just we need to reform the way they actually allocate that money. Uh, right. Um, and so but anyway. You, you've got a system that isn't properly allocating resources to serve students and to serve, uh, to serve the teachers, but now they're going to take advantage of new expenditures from the state to help people that aren't even Americans that are being dumped into our community that aren't being fully vetted, that aren't being – that can't be properly vetted in many instances. But, but Tim is exactly right. We're not – it's not like, hey, let's grab a couple Spanish uh, teachers. we got a lot of people that speak Spanish here. Yeah, let's grab a couple Spanish teachers, have them do the teaching – uh, probably going to need Farsi, probably going to need Dari, probably going to need Pasto. Uh, I mean, I know a couple words. I can say hi and, you know, how's your family? <laughs> like I, I can do basic intros. Hey, Corey, this thing, uh, uh, how is your family? Uh, that ain't going to cut it. Uh, anyway, I mean, you're going to need, uh, and the reason you're going to need Farsi is because a lot of these uh, so-called Venezuelan refugees, we know that the Iranians actually Sneak their people into, oh, they don't have to sneak them into Venezuela. The Venezuelan socialists fully uh, work with Iran. The, the Iranians go to Venezuela, and then they do everything they can to appear as Venezuelans so that they can then come into America and start setting up their sleeper cells here. And so, yeah, you're going to need all sorts of languages here. Uh, uh, Chinese, I... Are we going to have to have Chinese in there? I don't know. We haven't heard about so-called Chinese refugees. We know there's a bunch of, you know, thousands of Chinese military-aged males, ma'ams, coming across our southern border. But so far, we, we just know that Venezuela, Ukra oh, Ukraine, we, we got a couple Ukrainian speakers. Uh, let's see, Ukraine, Spanish, we've got uh, probably going to need some Russian in there, too, probably, huh? This is the Montana Economic Minute. It was once said that the job of the Federal Reserve Bank in managing the economy is to take the punch bowl away just as the party gets rolling. That little joke reveals what's perhaps one of the biggest challenges for economic policy. Good policy is almost always unpopular, like bailing out banks, raising interest rates, or cutting back economic growth and pushing up unemployment. None of these actions are popular, but they've all proven necessary. The opposite is true as well. Bad economic policy is often tremendously popular. Sadly, it's all around us. Deficit spending by the federal government is hugely popular. Think about it. Since 1974, the federal government has run an annual surplus exactly four times. Over that same period, the re-election rate for the U.S. House of Representatives has dipped below 90% only twice. Cash payments from the government were popular, too. And we've seen what they've done to inflation. I'm Patrick Barkey. Brought to you by the University of Montana Bureau of Business and Economic Research. Saving you money, I'm Hillary Barsky. You can start collecting your Social Security retirement benefits as early as 62, and the majority of retirees do start around that age or 63. According to The Motley Fool, the move to receive them early makes good sense for people who simply need the money or if they have not saved as much as needed. Another good reason, if you're not in the best health, which might impact your lifespan. Or if the stock market starts to tumble near your retirement date, you might not want to be selling some 
some stock at a low point. If you do delay starting to collect Social Security, you might get more in total. Most workers today have a full retirement age of 66 or 67. And for every year that you delay getting your benefits up to the age of 70, they will increase around 8%. It's best to read up on your options. Social Security is likely to deliver a big chunk of your retirement income, so it pays to learn more about it. Saving you money, Hillary Barsky, Fox News. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, Jay in Billings just got your message on the Montana Talks app. I, Jay, I'm assuming you must have heard this story as well. Did you hear that, uh, you know, John Kerry, the climate czar, <laughs> he's uh, he's stepping down from his, uh, his role as America's top climate diplomat, <laughs> the climate czar. Uh, apparently he can eat better steak and lobster but while sir, serving in another capacity but uh anyway so they've named a replacement for him uh apparently joe biden is going to appoint john podesta to replace john Kerry as the climate czar uh but the appointment of this is here's the report from fox news radio but the appointment of podesta who has had a close relationship with chinese officials sparked concern among Republicans. House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer says, quote, John Kerry's recently announced successor, John Podesta, has made public comments that give us reason to remain concerned about the nature of the Biden administration's climate envoys negotiations with the CCP. This guy, Podesta, is perfectly suited to be the climate advisor because the whole reason they have a climate czar is to undermine the American economy and to help the communist Chinese. Anyway, Jay, I'm, I'm assuming you saw that story as well because Jay sent us a great message. I'll get to that here in a second. First, though, Evan and Belt, Evan and Belt with a great message here as well. Travis, in his news brief, stated that we are in an El Nino weather pattern and that the federal forest lands are in greater danger of being burned this spring and summer than the privately owned lands because on the private land, they thinned their land. And, uh, yeah, the story he's referring to, we actually have it on our Montana Talks website. Montana forestry specialist shares his biggest fear for summer 2024, and it's a uh, conversation with Dr. Peter Kolb of uh, the UM School of Forestry and MSU Extension. And so, so that if you want to read more about, about that story, you can see it on our Montana Talks website. But anyway, Evan and Belt makes a great point. So they're saying that, well, because of this El Nino weather pattern, federal forest lands are going to be in greater danger of being burned than private lands. Or you could even argue state lands where, where we actually manage our forests better, right? Evan and Belt says, I contend that the same thing is happening at the southern border. The feds have an El Nino immigration pattern going on and are at great risk of a fire while Texas has been trying to thin the possibility by putting up razor wire. It only takes a spark to ignite that fire. What will that spark be and when will it happen? Great point tying that in with the with the other uh, danger facing America right now. Oh, okay, Jay and Billings. Here's what Jay and Billings says. Headline, 
Chinese cyber attacks are intended to induce societal panic across America. Security directors tell Congress, CCP cyber attacks and subversive boots on the ground via our southern border. Seriously, a North American electric grid failure will cause more than panic. No fuel, no heat, grocery store shelves empty in a couple of days. I don't think the state's disaster and emergency response plan is adequate for such a horror. Will we talk about the possibilities right up to the day it happens? Makes good political talking points while the CCP military continues to plan our demise. The scary part, the Biden agenda is helping them on so many fronts, we can't keep track of all the absurdities. In fact, trying to keep our eyes on the ball has become its own form of entertainment. Uh, great message there from J.N. Billings. So what's he referring to when it comes to uh, Chinese cyber attacks? Here's one of those uh, sound bites I wanted to have. Uh, that we, well, we had ready to roll for you yesterday, but we, but we didn't get a chance to get to this yesterday. So let's do it now. FBI Director Christopher Wray says Chinese hackers are targeting the U.S. with potentially damaging cyber attacks. Uh, hold, on, hold on one second here. Actually, I, I just got your message, Travis. Uh, I thought this wasn't taking place for two more hours, but uh, we've got the great Mark Lauder on the phone lines right now with the America First Policy Institute. Hey, I think we got our time zones uh, crisscrossed, but that's all right. Mark Lauder, we'll take you whenever we get the chance to chat with you. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I had 840 Mountain Time. You had 840 Eastern Time. Either way, it's an honor to have you on the show. Well, you know, anything I can do for you, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm trying to think, what the heck were we going to talk with you about? Was our southern border, was it uh, the, the foreign policy train wreck? I mean, for Pete's sake, where do we start? You can go anywhere you'd like, you know. I mean, my goodness, everywhere you look, it's a mess, isn't it? <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Well, let's start with liberal Senator John Tester, the most important Senate race in the country this year. He's saying, we, we've we got to have a border deal. Uh, Senator, no, we don't. Um we just need the Trump policies put back in place. Yeah, the thing that John Tester's forgetting is that Joe Biden signed 94 executive orders undoing the Trump policies at the border in his first 100 days in office. So pretty much, you know, an executive order per day on average. And the reason why we have the mess is not because any law changed between now and then. It's because the president changed. His focus changed. He intentionally opened the border, and now we have the mess that we see. You know, the perfect example, in December of 2019, there were 40,000 illegal crossings at the southern border. In December of last year, there were 302,000. No law changed. Nobody was defunded. The only thing that changed was the guy in the White House. Exactly, exactly. And all they have to do is change back to those policies. I mean, was it 64 or 94 executive orders that Joe Biden signed to invite this and uh, to allow for this invasion on our southern border? And if John Tester actually cared about securing our southern border, first off, we wouldn't be in this mess in the first place because his one seat in the United States Senate, one vote is powerful enough to force the administration's hand. So but but if he actually even if, if even if on election year talking points, he's not even using the right talking points because the talking points should be joe biden put the trump policies back in place that's all he's got to do exactly i mean it was not it was 94 executive orders and here's here's the dirty secret about this bipartisan bill we still haven't seen it yet but we've seen enough about it leaked out they don't want more money for border and customs or border patrol agents to stop the flow of illegal immigrants they want more money to process more illegal immigrants into our country illegally 
That's all back, you know, earlier this year. There was there was an illegal immigrant who got a court date for 2031. And it wouldn't be until 2031 that we determined whether he was even here legally or not. But in the meantime, you know, he had a work permit, so he could go to work and he could start living here. And then, you know, seven years down the road, we'll figure out if he's even legal to be here. Well, and speaking of illegal aliens, these illegal aliens that, that beat up the New York poli- uh, police officers, the New York City police officers in Times Square, uh, that this picture is symbolic of the Joe Biden, John Tester uh, regime. Uh, you know, here's this illegal alien. He he beats up uh, a couple of cops. They, they actually arrest him. But then he doesn't even have to, to post a bond. He gets put right back out on the streets under their no bail policies. And there he is just giving two middle fingers literally to the American people. But that's what Joe Biden and John Tester are doing. Yeah, he's not saying America's number one. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and But this is the problem. I mean, we see it in, in not just in places like New York. We see it in Chicago. We see it all over the place. You've even got 150 Democrats in Congress who have voted against deporting illegal immigrants who are arrested for drunk driving. Now, think of the people who are now at risk, the mom out shopping with her daughter, the the dad taking the the son to to baseball or football practice or to go fishing. They are now at risk, and if if they get in the car drunk, kill you, they are not going to be deported. That is just absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely unbelievable. Of course, uh, later today, uh, Joe Biden, and by the way, for, for those who, who don't re- remember, Mark Lauder is a former special assistant to President Trump, and so it's always great to catch up with him. He's been here to Montana. Um, later today, of course, the, the president is going to be doing what the president should be doing, rightfully so. He will be there for the uh, the dignified transfer of remains as our American troops that were killed on the Jordanian-Syrian border uh, come home. I, I said this yesterday when I first heard the news story. Would somebody just take his watch from him? You know, tell him you got to put a new battery in the watch just take the watch off his wrist because if he checks his watch one time today boy i tell you what you know obviously he's doing the right thing by that but we shouldn't even be having this conversation you know the, the fact that america and our men and women in uniform overseas have been attacked 165 times last time i checked by iranian-backed proxies iranian-backed militias iranian-backed terrorists and the only thing Joe Biden is, seems capable of doing is launching a multi-million dollar missile into a tent in the desert shows you how weak and feckless he really is. Until he gets tough with Iran, the country that's actually funding these uh, groups, the ones that are providing the military equipment to these groups. And, you know, we've, we, I've said it before, I think I said it on Fox or somewhere the other day, is that we need to get them where it hurts. And let them know that this we've had enough of this. We need to take out some of their oil infrastructure or some of their naval assets where they're using to track shipping. But then we need to send a strong warning. The next cruise missile has the Supreme Leader's name on it. If this happens again, we are going to take this up a notch because you can't just sit there and use our troops for target practice. Because that's what they're doing, and it's all Iran. That's right. That's right. And instead, the news we get today is not sanctions put in place on Iran, but sanctions put in place against Israelis. What in the world? Uh, Mark Lauder, uh, I got to hit the Hannity commentary. If you can stand by, we'll come back to you. Your morning espresso starts right here. It's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. So all these illegal immigrants on video beating the crap out of these cops that are not even able to defend themselves. They get out. No bail. Because it's New York State, no bail laws are in play. So they're immediately released to go back out and get involved in pickpocketing and, I guess, beating up more cops. And one guy gets out, you know, illegal immigrant. Welcome to America. 
Yeah, and gives, you know, flips the bird two middle fingers on his way out of jail. You have squad Democrats like Cori Bush and Congresswoman Tlaib. Get this, they actually voted against a bill that would ban Hamas terrorists from the U.S. How do you justify that? How do you justify saying that Hamas terrorists, known terrorists, should be allowed in our country? The Sean Hannity Show, from coast to coast, later today. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. I'm Chad Pergram with the Speaker's Lobby. I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but many political observers concede that Congress is broken and angling for a record in futility. In fact, Congress has been stuck in the same groove now since last year, much like scratch vinyl on an old 80s turntable, repeating the same music over and over and over. Besides the three-week-plus leadership crisis in the House last fall, the needle of Congress has skipped to the same refrain of border security and government funding since last June, over and over and over again. Such is the case on Capitol Hill. Since last spring, the song remains the same. Most audio is now digital. Skips are a thing of the past. However, you can't take Congress back to the record store. It will forever be analog, not digital. Detractors often argue that Congress is broken and that criticism has sounded like a broken record for years now. A broken record for years now. A broken record for years now. Brought to you from the Montana Hot Spring Spas and Saunas Live Well, Feel Better Studio. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, normally uh, Friday at this time, I'd air the uh, legislative update from the Montana Family Foundation, but I'll save that one for 8.50. We'll, we'll save that one for later this morning because, yeah, uh, I, I had our time zones wrong, and, and we've got Mark Lauder, former special assistant to President Trump, uh, and, uh, and now with the America First Policy Institute. Uh, 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 he's with us live right now, and he's able to join us for a couple more minutes. So, Mark, thanks for sticking around. The, uh, the presidential race... You know, I, we got to see Donald Trump Jr. Uh, in Las Vegas at the SHOT Show last week. He joined us on on Montana Talks, and it was great to catch up with him. And we talked about, hey, look, we, we can't be wasting all of this time before we take the fight to Joe Biden, before we unite and get in the fight. Whether it's at the federal level or at the state level, we have got to take the fight to the other side right now. Uh, your thoughts on, on kind of what's going on uh, in the uh, presidential race right now on the Republican side? Yeah, I completely agree, Aaron. You know, I mean, look, the, the, the GOP nomination is over. Um, there is not a path forward, I don't see, for Nikki Haley. I mean, 
new poll came out yesterday that has her down 26 points to Donald Trump in her home state of South Carolina. And, and when you go home and the governor, the two senators, and, and almost all of your congressional delegation are supporting the other person, I mean, what does that tell you? But then even flash forward beyond that, I don't see a state that Nikki Haley can win, whether it's on Super Tuesday or whatever. Her best shot was New Hampshire, where Democrats and independents can basically cross over and play around in, in the primary, and she, and she got beat handily there. And so what's going to happen when you get into these winner-take-all states? Uh, I just don't see that pathway forward. And to your point, every day that we are spending that's not talking about Joe Biden, not talking about the woke left progressive policies that are being supported by the Democrats in the Senate, which obviously your senator is you know, one of the champions on or in Congress, is a missed opportunity because it's not enough that we just win the White House. We've got to control the House of Representatives. We need to get control back of the United States Senate for confirming judges, confirming folks, and, and keeping that woke, left, radical, pro-Hamas, anti-Israel uh, rhetoric that we see coming from the Democrats these days. Put that where it belongs, you know, in the garbage heap. Yeah, and and I know I, I briefly mentioned it uh, before we tossed to the, the Sean Hannity commentary, the hard break there. But how crazy is this? All these attacks are, are you know, our, our fallen soldiers are, are being returned home today. All of these attacks on our troops, commercial vessels, military vessels. And yet the news out of the, out of the Biden White House is uh, we're going to be putting sanctions in place against Jewish civilians in the West Bank. What? Well, and yet, and yet, uh, Iran still gets all their billions of dollars in oil money. Continues to flow. Absolutely. I mean, th- this crisis, whether it's in the Middle East, whether it's in Ukraine, you know, is completely the doing of Joe Biden. You know, Iran correctly fears the United States military, as they should, but they do not fear them under the command of Joe Biden because they know he won't act. He is a weak leader. How many times? Have he has he said Iran knows not to uh, to do anything, and then yet they turn around to do it. One hundred and sixty-eight, uh, uh, sixty-five attacks. We've got the, the three sol- fallen soldiers uh, from last weekend. We had the two seals that were killed, uh, you know, a few weeks back while on a mission. All of these things are directly directly related to the weakness shown by Joe Biden and the fact that he won't stand up, put America's interest first, whether it's internationally at our southern border with American energy. I mean, my goodness, even him cutting off or putting a pause on natural gas exports. I mean, what does that do? That sends our European allies into Russia's hands where right. they need to get natural gas or they're actually restarting coal-fired plants, which is supposedly bad for the environment. And it undermines American production at the what same time, too. Yeah. Mark Lauder, a former special assistant to President Trump with the America First Policy Institute, Always a pleasure. Uh, great insight as always. Thanks so much for calling in. Always good to talk to you, anytime. All right. Freedom Friday, George Blackard in the house right after this. Hey, hey, Chicago. One of our soldiers in Afghanistan, Puerto Rican guy, he'd always say that. Uh, he's from Chicago. And, and I got to thinking, you know, after Thursday's Montana Talks, hey, hey, Friday. It's already Friday in Montana Talks time. we got a great show coming up for you Friday. I think we're going to have open phones for the full hour. Earlier this week, I mentioned this Jordan Peterson podcast about what they're doing to the farmers of Europe. Did any of you see that? I, I'd love to get your take. Open phones Friday, Montana Talks, 9 to 10 statewide.